Listening to the Oh I Had That podcast, we got a very special guest tonight. We have Scott Barber with us from the Orange Years documentary, which is coming out on November seventeenth. How are you doing tonight, Scott? Man, I'm doing great, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Awesome! It's great to meet you and be talking with you. I I saw the trailer for the film that got released about a year ago, and I was excited from then on. And I was like. What's going on? When's it coming? When's it coming? <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people were, and truthfully, as anxious as everyone else was, we were even more anxious to get it out there. <laughs> We've been so excited to get this out there, and we're, we're super pumped that it finally is going to be out there November 17th. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, uh, right away, I could tell from the trailer it was just going to be those years that totally – I was born in 82, so I hit okay. that – Nickelodeon right at the end of the 80s and then about 93 94 I kind of tapered off I started to get into other things <laughs> as a t- I'm about the same yeah about the same so, for me so yeah. those those snick years were like the uh, best <laughs> they were cold I feel like we were both uh the target age for that you yeah know? totally like- Kids that are almost ready to go out, but not quite old enough to go out. Like you're a big kid, but you, you can't really like go out on dates. Yet. Yeah, like for sure. <laughs> that's, that's who Snick was for. And it sounds like we were right there. What's Snick? Uno. Snick is the only place to watch Clarissa Explains It All. Snick. Dose. Snick is the roundhouse nonstop hip hop comedy shop. Snick. Liz. Snick is where the new episodes of Ren and Stimpy premiere. Snick is the all-new nightmares of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Snick is... El Tiempo Primo. Primetime Saturday night. Four Nick shows that Snick. Every Saturday starting at 8. Snick. Primo. Yeah, going, getting ready for Snick and Saturday night when you don't have anything. Yeah, like you said, you don't have a date to go on. (laughs) Yeah. So it was perfect. But yeah, I mean... Even going back to like the inception of Nickelodeon and before it like kind of got into that yeah. phase that we're really into, which I think those orange years and those slime years of like the early 90s is probably a big chunk of the film. But it looks like you guys will even get into, you know, like uh, you can't do that on television and what kind of oh, big time yeah. led into what we knew as Nickelodeon as kids. Lisa, Alistair, I'm going to give you your choice of punishment Now, either you will copy this entire dictionary from cover to cover, or you will watch. You can't do that on television on Nickelodeon. Watch. You can't do that on television. Weekdays at 4 and 7 Eastern, 3 and 6 Central. (laughs) 
tell me a little bit about how you and uh, you have a co-director, Adam Sweeney, correct? Yep. How you that two correct, yep. uh, got the idea and started, you know, diving into it and where that journey took you. Yeah, for sure. You know, we were uh, a writing duo before that. We had written some scripts together. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we kind of had tried that and done that and it was super fun, but we were kind of sick of putting our future, our fate in other people's hands. You know, we're writing these scripts and hoping someone buys it, hoping someone, if they do buy it, they include us. And um, we we wanted to make a film that we could see to completion, you know, from the very beginning, writing it to directing it, getting it out there so that we didn't have to rely on anybody else. Um, even though we did, <laughs> we did end up relying on some really amazing people for this film. Um, so we said, what about a documentary? That's a way we could make a film, you know, uh, that's not too crazy expensive. That's somewhat accessible for a first time filmmaker. Uh, so we started thinking of ideas. What's something that we could make a doc about. And Adam and I were both super passionate about Nickelodeon. We both <laughs> were latchkey kids. We yeah. both were, uh, you know, children of divorce and we've, we've both been friends since we were like 10 years old. So we watched these shows back in the 80s and 90s together. Oh, that's awesome. It was, yeah, it's really cool. So this was super personal for both of us. You know, it was, it was in our own lives. It was very important. It was also very important to our friendship, honestly. Uh, so the fact that we got to make this together was uh, really special. And yeah, we just decided Nickelodeon, that was one of the ideas, one of many that we kind of had on our whiteboard. And then we started doing some research because, um, you know, it's nostalgia is wonderful, but it, there's got to be something more than that. If mm -hmm. you're going to make a documentary about it, if you're going to make one that's good, you know. Uh, and so we we thought about it. We're like, that's great. It'd be awesome to see all these old Nick stars. But is there really a story there? Yeah. And it was really when we found out about Geraldine Laybourne. And that's really what the movie kind of became about. You know, instead of saying the golden years, well, what are the golden years? They might be different for you, for me, for somebody who's a little bit younger, somebody who's a little bit older. So in the film, we really focus on uh, Geraldine Laybourne's career uh, at Nickelodeon. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where the idea came from. Once we found out about her, we're like, oh, we got to do this. This that, is going to be a super cool project. Yeah, that's awesome. I did notice uh, her in the trailer and people that may not have like, done research or read books in the past about Nickelodeon may not be aware of who Geraldine is, but she's kind of like the driving force behind those, uh, so to speak, orange years that we love the golden era of Nickelodeon. And, uh, it's gotta be great to hear her point of view of that, that taking the reins and the creative teams to drive that forward. Um, well, I guess once you got that started, how do you, like as a documentary filmmaker, how do you go about reaching out to people to be like, Hey, we got this. <laughs> did you, I know, I think you did a Kickstarter to, was that before you filmed interviews or was that <laughs> afterwards? No. How does it someone... was, it was before. And okay. I would definitely recommend if anybody out there is a aspiring documentary filmmaker, do the Indiegogo after <laughs> you filmed a little bit. Um, we did the Indiegogo and I, have you got a chance to watch the video uh, uh, that's on there? No, I, I maybe in the past I did. Yeah, May, it's been a, it's yeah. been a long time. I yeah. think last year it's, I saw that video. Yeah, it's literally just me and Adam uh, dressed up as different Nickelodeon characters. Oh, okay, like first yep. we're uh, we're some salute your shorts characters. Then we're like recreating. Are you afraid of the dark? And you can't do that on television. And so it's just <laughs> me and him. Um, and we had absolutely nobody had signed on at that point. It we very well could have 
you know, gotten all this money and then had everybody who we tried to interview just say no. You know, we had no <laughs> nobody booked whenever we decided to make this film, which is in retrospect kind of terrifying. But <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing at the time. Anyway, we learned. We learned pretty quick. But yeah, so we just uh, that was difficult. Uh, you know, one thing I say is people when you make these pop culture docs, like let's say someone makes a documentary about a specific movie. Um, you know, as long as you get the cast and a couple of behind the scenes people for that one movie, uh, you're good, you know, six, yeah. seven people and you're done. But we were doing a whole network yeah. <laughs> and 20 years of that network. So we had to get a lot of people and that was a, that was a task and it definitely got easier and easier when we first, all we had was that video of me and Adam, uh, you know, I'm in hot pink little shorts <laughs> and he's in some cutoffs and we're pretending yeah. like we're. We're camp, you know, camp people like salute your shorts. Yeah. When that's all we had, that's what we were sending out. And it was just me and him. You know, it's like, hey, here's these two guys from Texas who have never made a film in ridiculous clothes. Want to hang out and be in our movie? <laughs> it was difficult. Uh, but once we got a couple of people, like every time we got another big person, it got easier. Like once we got Mark Summers, it got easier. Oh, and yeah. then once we got Te Keenan Thompson, then then it was like a lot easier because everyone's like, oh, he's in it. I'll. How can I say no if that – how can I say I'm too busy when that dude's like the busiest guy in the world and he's <laughs> doing it? So then everyone uh, – and, and, and to the credit of everybody in the film, everybody was super cool. Like nobody gave us attitude. Everybody was really excited uh, when we contacted them to do the film, both people that aren't in show business anymore, people that are in show business, and people that have gone on to be huge power players in Hollywood alike. All of those groups were like really excited to do the movie. That's awesome. So, yeah, I can imagine what it kind of steamrolls once you get one. Maybe they know somebody and yep. you get you connected that's, that way. That's <laughs> exactly what happened. Someone would say, uh, oh, I'll call my friend who was on the show with me uh, and, and tell them they should do this. Uh, we were interviewing Lisa Malamed, who is was a writer for Hey Dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she's gone on to be – you can look her up. She's gone on to be a huge power player, writing and directing and producing all sorts of things. And she was like, oh, I'm going to call Ann Sweeney and tell her she should do this. <laughs> well, Ann Sweeney was one of the people at the time we were really trying to figure out how we get because she was like second in command at Nickelodeon. She was later on president of the Disney Channel. And now she's like on the board of directors of Netflix, just like a huge person, you know. That's so, yeah. Awesome. And, and once Elisa uh, Reyes, mm -hmm. she called a lot of people for us as well. She was one of the original all that people. Yeah. And she she called like Keenan and Elisa uh, and um, Larissa Olenek and people like that for us. So, yeah, that's oh, wow. what you said is exactly what happened. People called their friends and vouched for us. Yeah. <laughs> hey, these guys are totally cool. I promise. They're not weird. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, just looking at uh, online, it's kind of like public information who made it into the doc already. And, I yeah, mean, yeah, like you said, Larissa, Keenan Thompson, Kel, Danny mm -hmm. Cooksey. You don't see a lot of Danny Cooksey. He's been at some conventions lately. Yeah. but um, he's a great guy. Yeah, you even go into like the newer, like Drake Bell is kind of the era after we were yes, watching yes. Nickelodeon. But and, and real quick, a lot of people ask about that. Even though Drake and Josh isn't um, part of the Orange Years, we wanted somebody like almost like an outsider's yeah. opinion of the Orange because because Drake uh, and Josh, you know, that was a little bit after, but they definitely owe their success to all that. Keenan and Kel. I mean, Keenan and Kel was kind of the blueprint. Yeah, so Drake sure. is really awesome in the film. He talks, even though his his show isn't featured, he talks about a lot of the shows he watched growing up. And he's about our age, too. So he's talking about Double Dare and You Can't Do That on Television and Are You Afraid of the Dark? And he's really wonderful in the film. 
That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, once you get Mark Summers involved, that it's all yeah. it's all downhill from there. <laughs> totally. It yeah, got a lot I was easier. lucky enough to see that Double Dare live tour like oh, last year so or the good. year before. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing to see that in person. But yeah, t- is there anything that once you started crafting the film and you get more and more people involved and interviewing like um were you already aware, like, was Geraldine involved right away, or was that later? Is that when that whole story of let's talk about her whole career came to be, or was that early on? <laughs> you know, Geraldine Laybourne was one of the absolute last people that we oh, interviewed wow. for the doc. <laughs> and, um, you know, we had pretty much psyched ourselves up just to say, okay, we're, we had accepted it. You know, we had accepted the fact that we weren't going to get her. The movie was going to be about her life and her career, and we were going to kind of just, we'd worked out how we were going to do it and how we're like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We'll work it out. And, um, we'll just build her up to be this thing that you wish you could see and you don't get to, you know, like a, like a unicorn or something like that. Um, and we cut a little mini trailer together, uh, and that debuted at New York city Mm -hmm. comic-con. And that was before the film in 2017, and that was before the film was even – we weren't even done filming it, but we just kind of cut a little trailer together. And uh, that debuted at New York City Comic Con in New York City, 2017. Wow. And Adam F. Goldberg from the show The Goldbergs. I'm twisted up inside, but nonetheless I feel the need to say. Uh, he saw it, and uh, he had a connection with our another producer, Lee Leshin, who's an amazing person. Um, and they talked and Adam was like, I want to, I want to come on and be a producer. And we're like, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to twist our arms. Heck yeah. Adam F. Goldberg, (laughs) come on. So Adam F. Goldberg, like, I can't stress how awesome that dude is too. Uh, because I mean, he's obviously very successful and he just, he does stuff like this because he genuinely loves helping out up and coming filmmakers. He just does it out of the kindness of his heart. And he just said, Hey guys, it looks like y'all have done everything. What can I do to help you cross the finish line? Oh, and we said, and, and there, there was about four people that we wanted that we that we didn't get. Yeah, we didn't get them. We try. I mean, and like you kind of talked about before, getting booking these interviews was in, was really hard. We we would find out that if they had a Facebook, if they had an Instagram, if they have a Twitter, we'd try to go direct. <laughs> and if we couldn't, we'd find out who their manager was, who their publicist was. If the, you know, whatever we could do, uh, we had to do a lot of things to get people involved. And there were four people that we just. We're like, it's not going to happen when yeah. we just didn't get him. And that's that's okay because we still had gotten so many other people. And uh, and one of them was Geraldine Laybourne. And he's like, oh, you know what? I actually am really good friends with her son, Sam Laybourne. Let me see if I can work it out. And uh, and it <laughs> he did. Through Geraldine's son, Sam, he got to Geraldine and got us in contact with her. And she was really excited to do it. She's a, the, one of the most amazing humans on the face of the earth. Um even though I might be biased, I say that, I mean, with all honesty, she's, she's, I mean, she, she changed the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, one reason why she doesn't, she just doesn't do interviews. That's not where she is in her career. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also doesn't really particularly like to do interviews about Nickelodeon because a lot of times people try to bait her into saying negative things about them now, you know, like, Oh, wasn't it great back then? And now they suck since you're not there. And she just doesn't like to, she's not a negative person. Yeah. Um, and that's what she told us. She said, Hey, I got your emails. I, I just, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do this, but you know, now that my, my son is telling me I should do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so she did it. So it was very nerve wracking. I mean, one, you're doing a documentary basically about this lady's uh, career at Nickelodeon. So it's about her. So that's, she's going to, you know, she might be critical. And then also, um, 
she's also an, a fantastic like film and television person too. So <laughs> it's like double whammy. Like, Oh my God, I, I hope she likes this. And she did. She loved the film. That's great. And she's yeah. been nothing but wonderful to work with the whole time. That's amazing. That's one of those like small world, six degrees situations. <laughs> Isn't it though? Yeah, it really is. The perfect thing that he could come on and help with. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just happen to know her son. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was weird because Sam Laybourne, he's a great uh, writer, director. He does a lot of things himself. Um, wow. And Adam F. Goldberg and him kind of cut their teeth together working on stuff. And so he uh, – yeah, they knew each other. And, and, and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we and we got to interview her on the set of The Goldbergs. That was really cool. Oh, wow. So uh, going back here to – we touched on getting those people to interview and all the, the names that you had on the list. But between you and um, – Adam, like setting this up and like in the early stages, brainstorming, you, you came up watching Nickelodeon together. What were those pinnacle moments and shows that stood out to both of you or that really hit, hit you when you were kids that you loved? You were like, we have to touch on these. This oh, has yeah. to be a part of the film. Yeah. I mean, some of the big ones were one, you can't do that on television. I love that show as a kid. Um, it, it's, it holds up so well when you go back and watch it. It's got this subversive, naughty type humor um that nickelodeon would use all throughout the 90s yeah. you know it's it kind of set the bar salute your shorts was a big one for me i just loved everything about that show being at camp i loved danny cooksey i wanted to be budnick when i was oh a kid. for sure i love salute your shorts so much <laughs> it's such a good it's just such an amazing show uh and then you know pete and pete is a real cool show too that's kind of a lot of people's favorite i think because it's got mm -hmm. the cool factor you know it's um it's kind of an indie. It's got like, you know, I mean, it had like Iggy pop and Michael yeah. Stipe and uh, Gordon Gano, violent femme on there. Um, so it was, um, uh, that was another one. And then of course, are you afraid of the dark? You know, that was a great one. Um, that, that one really for me and Adam was really special because we were that age and we'd call each other on the phone. Uh, he had moved away and we, it kind of, really was special for us because it kept our friendship. It was one of the reasons our friendship stayed together. Um, cause we would talk on the phone about, you know, that, that episodes. Kind of yeah. That's awesome. And, and both of us grew up to really enjoy the horror genre. And I think mm -hmm. it probably started there with that one. So those are, it's really hard for me to, especially after being so close to it and getting to meet the creators and really explore these shows for, for years, yeah. it's hard for me to pick my favorite, but, but just growing up, those were some that I think, affected me the most yeah that's definitely the hit list for many of us i'm sure i mean me it was, like you said are you afraid of the dark was like that intro to like being scared and feeling like you're watching something you shouldn't be watching <laughs> but yeah but it was i great. mean and like it you said, was yeah, yeah go ahead i'm sorry well no i i apologize um but you but that that's a, a perfect example of how out of the box nickelodeon was yeah in that they, they made a show that the whole point of the show is to scare kids like, yeah. that takes some guts. You know, most <laughs> most shows want to comfort kids and calm them down and yeah. teach them lessons. And this is a show that's like, hey, we're just going to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> like, it, but kids loved it. Yeah, they absolutely loved it. You know, that yeah. takes to me, that took a lot of guts and shows how how out of the box and weird they were in, a, in the best way. Took a lot of guts, huh? <laughs> took a lot of do, 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 do you have it? Guts. guts. Yeah, I was going to say. uh I, th I think I heard in the most recent trailer, Geraldine kind of touches on it, but it's the way I've always felt about uh, even watching Nickelodeon as an adult, revisiting them, is that 
even as the an adult, I can see that those shows didn't talk down to us. They, when right. we were kids, they they kind of were kids shows, but like at an adult scripted level. Like we, yeah, they, they absolutely weren't like pandering or any, it was something that kids loved to watch, but also like made us think and taught us things and like you said, scared us and yeah. Uh, Especially t- touching on Pete and Pete, like you said, it has that cool factor. I always, I like to say Pete and Pete was like that, like like Wes Anderson before Wes Anderson was a thing. It was- I would <laughs> I would say the same way. That's exactly. I think I've said those exact words before. <laughs> and Wes Anderson went on to be, you know, I I of course loved Wes Anderson films, like every yeah. person about our age, you know. And yeah, I mean, totally. It I'd like to know if he Wes saw Anderson Pete film. and Pete back then and was kind of inspired in any way oh. by it. That's a great question. Yeah. yeah. Because it's definitely, I think he's uh, probably a little bit older than myself, but it yeah, definitely, definitely has that flavor and that vibe. It was definitely like a, a smart dialogue, like witty, fast, like uh, driven show, just kind of like his films are. And Yeah. And it existed kind of outside of reality. Like yeah. it was real, but it was kind of in a dream. It almost felt like a dream world. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's how a lot of his, you know, Royal Tenenbaums kind of feels that way. Yeah. Uh, for yeah, sure. you're right. It, it, I'd love to know that, too, because a lot of people, a lot of filmmakers have admitted to being influenced by Nickelodeon. M. Night Shyamalan has said that uh, The Sixth Sense was definitely influenced by Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, I can uh, see it. Yeah. Yeah, there's an episode where there's a kid who works in a bowling alley and everyone's ignoring him. And at the end, you find out, spoiler alert, he's been dead the whole time. Um, and that's, you know, what <laughs> Bruce Willis does in Sixth Sense. He's like, I can make that a major Hollywood picture. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, Going. I mean, we touched on those those shows that stood out to you. Were there any stories that people should look forward to or people that you did interview that you were surprised by some things you didn't know that you found out while making the film about Nick and without yeah. spoiling it, of course, because we want everyone to go uh, pre-order it or get it on VOD when it drops on November 17th, of course. <laughs> so this is something that I've always been fascinated with, like weird, bizarre technologies from like yeah. the 80s. Uh, you know, like LaserDisc oh. <laughs> and uh, Betamax. I love like why. You know, why did why did they go extinct? Why didn't it work? Uh, I've just always been obsessed with weird, obscure '80s technologies. And the film talks about that Nickelodeon started on one of those. This thing called Cube. Oh. I had no idea what the heck Cube was going into it, and I got really fascinated. The rest of the team kind of had to rein me in. They're like, "No more Cube stuff, dude," because <laughs> I could I could make a whole documentary about Cube. It's and just maybe you weird, should. <laughs> you know, maybe I should um, because it was this whole weird technology where people could talk to their TV, kind of the way we do now with our smartphones. Oh, yeah. You know, the way that like on American Idol, you can like you know text them whatever it it was they were trying to do that back in like the late 70s like so bizarre yeah but it was like this big clunky thing that had to be plugged into your your tv and stuff um i was fascinated by that because i didn't know my earliest memories of nickelodeon were when it was already into what i would call the orange years the, Mm -hmm. the geraldine layborn years like uh you can't do that on television in double dare but i forgot about that era like before that when nickelodeon was kind of just like didn't really know what it was trying to be it was kind of like a pbs light kind of thing yeah yeah i had no idea that that existed that was fascinating mark summers has a couple of really great stories he has two or three great stories you know like how how he got his job some behind the scenes double dare stories he has one that we had animated we got to work with a an amazing animator jeff johnson who 
Jeff would kind of take these stories um, that people would tell and would bring them to life with animation. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so you don't have to just watch somebody talk about it. You can kind of see it happen. Mm-hmm. He does that with uh, three or four different times. And and he animated this whole story of Mark Summers talking about uh, an angry dad trying to fight him. That's funny. <laughs> um, and then Mark Summers talks about how he got his job and also what led to his ultimately – uh, leaving Nickelodeon. It, it, there's a lot of good stuff in there from Mark. And I think every show, our goal was every single show, um, in addition to kind of telling the story and getting to the root of what made that show special to Nickelodeon, in addition to that, also give people at least two or three things that they just didn't know. You know, they're yeah. kind of like fun facts or whatever. You know, it's not all fun facts, It's but we did try to like give you a couple of things that that you didn't know going into it. Even if you already kind of knew about Nickelodeon, you still are going to learn some new stuff about all the shows. It's awesome. I've seen that um, utilized in other documentaries where they either animated or do some type of something, reenactments yeah. or something you can watch while you're listening yes. to those stories. I, I bet Mark Summers has some great ones. It's so crazy to hear him talk about Double Dare being off in like this, like Pittsburgh studio or like, it didn't it start out like kind of away yeah. from Nickelodeon and yeah. how that was kind of like public access and uh, kind of feel the way it was filmed and whatnot. And then of course they lead into having these big Nick studios in Orlando, which, yeah. Oh man, I never got the chance to make it down to Nick studios. And I, that's Me the neither. one thing that I'm like, ah, I, I, I can't I believe it. <laughs> um, is there any stories about uh, that and that whole era, like them building that studio and everybody? Yeah. Like, they wanted everyone to start filming at those studios, if yes. I'm not mistaken, yeah. correct? Yeah. That, that was the goal. Uh, there were a couple of different goals behind um, creating Nick Studios. And one was to consolidate everything. Because, yeah, all these shows were kind of being filmed in all these different places. And they wanted to kind of bring them all home and uh, be able to produce them all in one area. And then also... You know, they wanted to just establish themselves as a big presence, you know, kind of like the same way Disney isn't just uh, a channel. Yeah. Disney makes movies, makes TV and it all they make action figures. They make and they're also just this place you can go with Disney World. That was their way of kind of making Nickelodeon, taking it to the next step and bringing it into the physical world. And I I never got to go to Nickelodeon Studios. There's some there's a great story again. Um uh, from Mark Summers, there's a great story about Nickelodeon Studios from Mark Summers in there. Because, you know, Mark wasn't just Double Dare. He was the Nickelodeon guy. Yeah. Anytime they – like whenever they um, – and we have footage of this in the doc. When they unveiled Nickelodeon Studios and they went live, like, we're coming to you for the first time ever. Nickelodeon Studios here in Orlando, Florida. Um, Mark Summers was the guy hosting that. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. every, time the, every time they just needed somebody to host something or do something – it was always Mark Summers, not just Double Dare. And then that role later on got passed to the amazing Phil Moore when Mark Summers left. But they all Nickelodeon always had like a guy that yeah. was their 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 person that was always hosting everything all over the place. Yeah, they put Mike O'Malley in that role quite a bit too. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, Mike O'Malley did do a lot of stuff like that. But yeah, that uh, Mark Summers went on to What Would You Do, of course, which was another yep. great one. <laughs> it had to involve like messy stunts and whatnot, just like Double Dare. 
It was, yeah. It was like a, a, a like the next evolution of Double Dare in a lot of ways. But they kind of, like you said, it's starting with Cube and kind of finding their footing. <laughs> they they kind of kept that like wanting the audience to be a part of it and interact, yeah, all through those golden years and i'm sure they still have done it since but i mean i remember like snicker treat when you could call in and, oh yeah you know nickelodeon the only place where kids win <laughs> like yep all those you, you think about yeah all that stuff the big help remember that yeah. where they would get everyone to go out and then there was uh nick takes over your school yeah where nickelodeon would come to your school uh and then there was the kids choice awards they had all that awesome stuff that was not just about making shows it was really about connecting with kids and even more important than that connecting kids with each other it was it was pretty amazing when you think about it yeah the 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 network in that era especially was just like revolutionary like you said and uh, yeah. Gerald, Geraldine helped shape the world and our childhoods and now we have uh, adults like yourself and Adam like filmmakers like yeah. hey let's go make a movie about Nickelodeon it's it's incredible i can't wait totally. to watch it and see all these interviews and these stories and, you know, learn some new facts myself that I didn't know about Nick. Um, why don't we tell everyone uh, how they can get the film? And uh, we said it's going to drop on the 17th of November, but where is it yeah. available? And iTunes, Amazon, uh, if you want to rent it, uh, digitally rent it or digitally purchase it, uh, iTunes and Amazon. If you want a physical copy, uh, like a DVD or a Blu-ray, you can get those at Target.com or Amazon.com. Amazing. Well, once again, like thanks so much for your time, Scott. Scott Barber with the Orange Years. Find it, uh, like he said, iTunes, Amazon. Um, you can VOD rent it or purchase it. You'll also get physical copies through Target. Drops on the 17th. That's the Orange Years. It's about the greatest time in kids' television, <laughs> the That's golden the years of Nickelodeon. Uh Scott, I can't thank you enough for being here. I look forward to the film, and I hope you. I hope it goes great. I hope the launch is everything you would want from it. But especially, I, I imagine it was just a fun time to make it. It absolutely was a fun time. You know, we would like one thing that we always say is, you know, we would work sometimes 10, 12 hour days. We were flying all over the place, editing it all through the night, and it never once felt like work because how can you complain about what we got to do meeting all of those people getting to travel all over America getting to go to Canada um, as well it never felt like work this has been such an amazing project to be a part of and we're so excited to get it out there thanks for your support you know thanks for everything you've done for us and also thanks for having me this has been just an absolute blast once again, I'd like to thank our guest tonight, Scott Barber, co-director of The Orange Years. It was such a pleasure to speak with him about the film. It drops officially on November 17th, but you can pre-order it now on Amazon, iTunes. You can get physical copies through Target.com. Thank you so much to Scott. I look forward to the film. And everyone listening to the Oh, I Had That podcast. I'm here with my friends. Not the same, and you are different Viking now. Yes, I have to go. No! Yes. Everything 
you need to learn is in here. Out there is some boy who needs me. He's small. <laughs> He's puny. Like he were. But Artie, you're my best friend. I always will be, my little Viking. But... But will I ever see you again? <laughs> Worry not, boy. Worry not. For I am Artie, the strongest man there! For the world! I'll leave the light on for you. You know, son? I'm going to miss that, Newton. <laughs> <laughs>